Peace and power. You are now listening to the Mocha Podcast, Season 2, with your boy Johnny. How y'all doing? How y'all living? I know I'm asking these questions uh, that seem rhetorical, but hopefully you decide to just answer it, even if you're like on the bus somewhere or somewhere where you shouldn't say anything, but you should just say, I'm good, or you know, I'm all right, or I'm doing whatever. Um, but it's good to be back. It's good to be back on the pod. Um, there's been a lot going on in my life. Uh, and sometimes timing is everything, you know. I think when I first started this project, I was pretty, like, consistent. Like, every week I would drop an episode. Um, then I just, like, ended up taking a break. And I didn't mean to take a break, but it just happened. And like I said, timing is everything sometimes. And so... You know, I'm feeling called to speak, so it's good to be back. It's good to voice my concerns, hear my takes. Um, I got a lot I've been thinking about, and so I'm excited to share these learnings, these lessons, these, like, wisdoms that I've just been learning in my own life as a young black African in Seattle. So today's episode, um, I want to title A Tale of Two Trials. And this is in reference to what's happening right now. Um, There are two really big uh, national trials happening. Um, It is a trial of Kyle Rittenhouse and the three white men that killed Ahmed Aubrey. Um, And normally I wouldn't really give play or give no breath to the the folks uh, who have been perpetuating violence um, in some aspect, white supremacist violence, but... I think it's been so hard to not be plugged into all of this stuff, you know, me being a black man and also like obviously on social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TV, um, you can't escape this kind of news. Um, it is, it's happening and it's happening simultaneously. You know, you're hearing about both trials at the same time and that's a lot. It's a lot. These kinds of cases and stories is a lot on my mental. Um, it's a lot on the family's mental. I can't even imagine. Um, I'm sending a lot of like prayer and light to uh, Ahmed Aubrey's families. I'm hoping that they get what they what they are seeking. Um, also, knowing fully well that they'll uh, never get their son again because of racism, because of white supremacy, because of violence. Um, but I hope they're able to see. Uh, to, to get what they're, they're seeking. Um, and yeah, you know, I think as always, I'm pretty sure every single episode I've always said there's a lot going on, but it really does feel like this, this week in particular, um, it's just been weighing on my mental. So I'll just go case for a case for it, um, just to make things easy. Um, so, you know, story of Kyle Rittenhouse, this young kid with, uh, a rifle. He drives like 20 miles to Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, and is armed with a gun. And this is all in the mix of, you know, the uprisings and the protests. Um, and he ends up, uh, firing his weapon, uh, and killing two people. Um, and his, his case has been like pretty, uh, pretty viral lately. Um, that's mostly because he took the stand 
and he talked to the judges or the judge of like what happened and then like broke down. Um, and it's just, it's a lot because, um, you can kind of feel or slash tell that the narrative is being written that like, Oh, like this person is a kid, you know, and like he like got emotional and broke down and there's almost like this, like feeling sorry for, for this person. Um, and you know, you think about, you know, I think people have said it on Twitter and Facebook, but you think about all the like black kids, you know, um, you know, even like Tamir Rice, right? Like he was playing with a BB gun and he, was killed in in a matter of seconds and just the way that the narratives and the way that they were you know talking about Tamir Rice was that he was a lot older but this this was a 12 year old this was a kid um and so you know you just hear you know these stories of you know what it's like to be a black person in trial and and you hear these stories like time after time after again like it's not just Tamir it's every other you know black person unarmed who was you know guilty by white supremacy uh which is guilty of nothing really just um guilty of a system that has just been perpetually harming communities that look like me and so the case is uh rested um, and so now it's time for the jury to deliberate. And whatever happens with this case, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna have people upset. Um, I learned a long time ago um, that if you look for the courts to decide, uh, if you're looking for justice from the courts, um, then you're looking in the wrong place. Um, yeah, and so. I honestly don't hold my breath. I'm not going to be surprised or shocked by the verdict um, just because I'm. It's, there's no reason for me to really instill my faith in, in the courts. Um, and so, you know, I know there'll be probably a bunch of people posting about it of just like, how could this have happened? Or like, you know, whatever, whatever. But um, I just know that uh, the conditions are different because of the positionality, um, but it just it feels really gross. Even whatever happens, it's gonna be not it's not gonna feel good, but it just feels gross at the same time. Um, so I'm not really looking forward to it, um, and I might take like a social media break uh, when the verdict is arrived, uh, just because I for my own mental health and. I'm sure for the mental health for other black men who are following or who are not following, but because we live in a 24 hour news cycle and social media, like it's, it's going to be all over our timelines and stuff. So (sighs) that's going to be a lot. And so then the other case is, uh, the three white men that killed Ahmed Aubrey. Um, this one really affected me. Um, and it's probably because I'm very, like, close in age to Aubrey, and I'm a runner, um, and I am a black man, um, and it just, it's just heartbreaking, you know? It's, it's heartbreaking, and even seeing some of the footage from the courtroom and the judges, and it's just, you know, it just feels like it's so, 
unfair and we lost we lost a brother for for all of this uh and i have a lot of yeah i'm just like really shook up and i have a you know again i just can't imagine what the family is going through in this and it must be yeah i can't even really begin to understand what it's like to be um the mom of Ahmed Aubrey, the father, the parent, the guardian, the brother, the sister, the friend, um, all of that is just so, so heavy. And so I hope that they are uh, wrapped with, with love and mercy. And um, yeah, I'm just thinking about their, their own mental health in this and as well as the mental health of other brothers, you know, of other black men who want to go out running, you know, who want to just be, you know, who don't want to be followed. Um, it's really shitty that this happened. Um, and it's shitty that this keeps happening. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so I encourage any of the brothers following, like I said earlier, to take some sort of social media break, um, to not have to feel like you have to say something um i think for me what it feels like sometimes what happens when these big profile cases happen is that you know people will check on me or like like i like feel like i have to say something um and just want to sh- like let people know especially like to the black men and other black voices like you don't have to like say something you don't have to feel or write something powerful or like you don't have, you should never feel the pressure to, to say something, um, especially in situations like this, but to, to just be, you know, if you need like an escape, you need to like, you know, run around, play video games or just get away from all of this because it's a lot, it's a lot on, on your mental, it's a lot on your emotional, it's a lot on your family. Um, and yeah, I think I was like 12 or 11, um, maybe even younger when I just had like the realization or conversation with, about like what it means to be a black boy. Um, and obviously I was like 11, I was a kid, so it's like, it hasn't, it never really hit me until I got older, much older, I'd say like probably closer to when what happened with Trayvon, like, that's when it kind of, like, hit me, and obviously, there's some, um, it's still hitting me, um, it does not get easier, um, it's kind of harm, um, and for me, like, it does not desensitize me, but it just, it does feel like it's heartbreaking, and, Again, I just want to, like, give space to everyone uh, who has, feels the feel, same feelings that I feel, who is thinking about the same things that I'm thinking about, um, to know that it's, like, totally okay to just kind of distance yourself, to get away, um, to also talk about it, too. Like, if you are, like, wanting to talk about this or just needing some support, um please, please reach out to me. Um, yeah, it's like either feel free to 
um, distance yourself, but also feel free to reach out, um, especially if you are a black brother. Um, I want to definitely make space for y'all because um, we share that common bond and um, I'm there for you. Like Kendrick Lamar says, we gonna be all right. <laughs> <laughs>